The Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board is reconsidering a decision it made two years ago about its international fund, or iFund. The thrift savings plan was on track to move the iFund to a new index that tracked Canada, emerging markets, and China. But a bipartisan group of senators are pushing back on that plan. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now in studio to discuss the debate and walk us through some details on how participants are using those new TSP withdrawal plans. And, uh, Nicole, let's start with the China question. What were they planning, and now all of a sudden Congress doesn't like the idea? Well, two years ago, the TSP had asked an independent consultant to look at the iFund and potentially chart a path forward for that particular fund. And the consultant came back and suggested that the TSP move the iFund to a new index The new index has a very long and complicated acronym that I'm going to uh, just avoid using, but essentially it's an emerging markets index, and it tracks Canada, uh, more than 20 developed and 26 emerging markets, and that includes China. It consists of large, mid, and small cap stocks from more than 6,000 companies, and the consultant at the time said that, and made this decision, I think, very cautiously, said, we think this would be a good move for TSP participants. That was back in 2017, and the TSP was planning on implementing that in mid-2020, but this group of bipartisan senators back in August said, wait, wait, we don't like this idea. Sure. And in fact, what was the basis that you made this decision on? And just a side question, the TSP moving its iFund funds to a new index fund that would have a huge impact on that fund just because of the size of the TSP. It would have a big impact on that fund. And as the senators said, it would expose nearly $50 billion in retirement assets for federal employees, armed services, et cetera, to, as they describe, severe and undisclosed material risks associated with many Chinese companies. And so that's ultimately the concern here. Uh, with this move. All right. And uh, so what are they reconsidering now? I mean, TSP is listening to Congress. There's no law yet, but it sounds like heavy advice in advance of a possible piece of legislation. I'm not sure about a possible piece of legislation. I think what's happening now is we're seeing these senators, and we should say the, the group is led by Marco Rubio and Gene Shaheen, but just recently we saw Mitt Romney, Josh, Josh Hawley, Rick Scott and Kirsten Gillibrand sign on to this push, I think, to pressure the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board to change their mind. They wrote to the board uh, back in August and then again just a, a week or so ago, basically saying, we want you to reverse this decision. The board has always had actually a really good relationship with Congress. It's how they got the TSP Modernization Act done within months, which is you know, pretty good when you think about how things usually move. And so the board said, all right, let's just take a step back. Let's ask the same consultant to come back again two years later and reevaluate this decision. Essentially, look at the law, look at the the fund, the impact that this might have on participants and give us a new decision or a new advice, I guess, on this particular fund. I mean, is the specific issue China itself? It is China. China as a political and military entity that is a rival to the United States. It's also China as a market, which has had its ups and downs, too. That's true. And it really is, in this case, all about China. And eventually, the 
the the consultant here, uh, which is known as Ion, they came back and said, look, not only would this move to this emerging markets index put you in line with other peer 401k style plans, and they looked at uh, 10 of the top federal contractors that offered similar style plans. They also looked at the 10 top U.S. publicly traded companies. They use this emerging markets index, the federal contractors do. Even uh, 20 or so public pension plans, they also use this index as a benchmark in some of their planning. The other feedback that the consultant came back with was not only would the TSP be an outlier if they didn't use this emerging markets fund, they also say that it would have actually um, improved returns for some of its TSP participants who might, you know, invest in the I fund. I think on just a few days ago, we heard from the board kind of mull and consider this decision. It's unclear where they're going with this, at least for right now. I think we might have a better sense at the next board meeting in November. But at least one board member, I think, was hesitant and essentially expressed concerns. Well, if I don't want to invest in China, I don't have any other international investment options. We only have the iFund. And I think that's his concern. Otherwise, a lot of the other board members, I think, seemed on board, at least for right now, to just move forward with what they had originally planned. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And I guess if you try to avoid China, even outside of the iFund, look how many American companies are so deeply involved with China for their supply chain, for their manufacturing, that I think one way or another, we're all exposed to China and its economic vicissitudes. That's true. And, you know, the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board, which it's interesting, it's it's made up of a, a board of, uh, you know, independent about five members or so, but it's also an agency run by federal employees who also uh, use the TSP. And so they reminded the board that, look, it's the money that we're talking about here that might potentially be exposed to Chinese interest companies, et cetera. That's not federal money. It's not treasury funds. These are funds investments of TSP participants, federal employees, retirees, They make the decision about where they want to invest. They can choose to participate or not in the TSP. And they also mentioned that an average of 34,000 participants have brought in more than $1.3 billion per year to the TSP from other plans over the past three years. So I think the point they're trying to make here is maybe this isn't as big of a deal as perhaps some of the senators are, are making it out to be. And while we have you, too, it's been a month since the TSP did unveil those new withdrawal options. Now there are some statistics on how people are using them? There are, and I think we're really seeing some dramatic activity around these new withdrawal options. In-service withdrawals, those are from TSP participants who are still in federal service. They're at least age 59 and a half or older In-service withdrawals from this group of people were up 372% last month in September compared to the previous September. If you look at the numbers specifically, they made 8,700 withdrawals within one month, essentially. These are non-penalty types of withdrawals? Correct. Compared to a little between, you know, 1,500 and 2,000 in-service withdrawals a year ago. 
So this is, I, I think the, the TSP says this is in part due to pent-up demand, but they're also seeing a lot of people requesting that second in-service withdrawal, which they are now able to do that they weren't able to do in the past. For the TSP participants who have left federal service, they're also taking more partial withdrawals than ever before. They processed over 13,000 distribution requests last September alone. That's a 414% increase from the previous year. And I think what they're seeing is that people really wanted these flexibilities and they're seeing it pay off. Meanwhile, the TSP agency is fielding about 2,000 more calls a day about these new options than they were previously. And they say so far so good, they're able to to meet the demand there. Well, pretty amazing. You know, at the ballpark during the World Series games, I saw lots of people with ketchup on their hot dogs. So (laughs) you never know what's going to be in demand. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.